You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. Welcome back to another episode of the Couch Potatoes. Today we'll be doing an episode on the retrospective of Goodfellas. Sweet. A classic American tale. Always the best. (laughs) Always about those Irish... Italian... Monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible diets. Terrible Terrible diets. diets. Sausages and alcohol. (laughs) Sausages, alcohol, and a copious amount of cigarettes. Yep. It's just spoken constantly in that movie. I love it. It's it, it just like, did you guys add a fog effect? No, it's just the amount of cigarette smoke yeah, rolling in. Yeah. Half the crew's got cancer now. <laughs> so we're talking about Mr. Ray Liotta, Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, and all these other fucks. Paul Sorvino's in it, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And every other mobster we've seen in Michael the Michael Imperioli. Michael Imperioli. Spider. Yeah. Uh, uh, defunct cast that would eventually create the Sopranos. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, let's go into this. Uh, do you remember the first time you saw Goodfellas? The first time I watched Goodfellas, I was... God, I think I was like seven or eight years old. <laughs> so I shouldn't have been watching it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was going to happen eventually. So ended up just sitting there with my grandfather one day and watching it because he was a fan of those movies. That's how I found Casino as well. Was mm-hmm. These were all my grandfather's movies that he was watching. Um First time I watched it, I didn't understand a damn thing about it. I just got... The only thing that really sunk in was the ridiculous fucking nicknames everybody had. Yeah. And the copious amounts of swearing and violence. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like, like we've talked about it before in our intro to this kind of series was... Godfather is how the mob thinks they look. Yeah. Goodfellas is actually how they fucking look. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Godfather was their PR campaign, whereas Goodfellas was kind of like, oh, we're going to show you how they actually fucking were. Yeah, fucking trash. It's <laughs> <laughs> just piece of shit human beings, psychopaths. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, going into it, uh, it was released in 1990 uh, to uh, a good opening for the weekend, for their first weekend opener. Uh, it kind of lost out to other movies around that time. But in the cast, we have Ray Liotta as Henry Hill. Uh, Joe Pesci as Tommy Vito, DeVito? DeVito, yeah. Yeah, DeVito. Uh, Paul Sorvino as Paul Cicero. Lorraine Bracco as Karen <laughs> Hill. Uh, and Frank Vincent, Michael Imperoli, Tony Cicero, uh, and, a, and a myriad of other characters. Samuel Jackson, another movie where he yes, dies. Where he dies. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Vincent Pastor, a Quite a few other great characters. Yeah, and Vincent Pastor is like 10 seconds of screen time. He's yeah. the guy moving the coats. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Corrigan's in this movie, and uh, if you know about Kevin Corrigan, have you ever seen the show um, uh, Grounded for Life? He was the uncle. Oh, shit. He was okay. in a wheelchair. He was in the wheelchair. Yeah, he, he, yeah. He's Michael Hill. 
uh, his younger brother. Really? And, that was him? Yeah. Damn, dude. I, I didn't watch Life. So when I started watching Ground for Life was on television. And that's when I yeah. saw the movie. I'm like, holy shit, it's the uncle. Because he had one of the funniest lives of like, sitcom history. It was just like the kid is like right on the ground for life. The kid is like writhing on the couch. He's like, what's wrong with him? Oh, I think he's fucking possessed. And, <laughs> and he, got, he takes his hand, dips it in his drink, and throws it on the kid's eyes. And the guy, kid starts fucking screaming. He's like, oh my God, is that holy water? No, it's vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> he's not possessed, but he's burning. <laughs> but yeah, you know, a cast like this, man, today, when we think about it, it's like, fuck, that's a good cast. Yeah, even yeah. now, by modern standards, that's still a great cast. Because you really don't have, that's the thing, you really don't have a lot of, like, gang or crime movies that much anymore. And the only crime movies you have are usually bank robbing flicks. Now, you don't have a lot of mob films anymore. Um, yeah. I think the last one that really had any sort of mob tie was obviously The Irishman. And before that, probably, like, The Departed. The Departed, yeah, The Departed. Which um, is all fiction. Uh, what it? What's that other movie? Black History Mask. of History of Violence is another one where it's kind of implied. Yeah, well, he's in the Russian mob yeah. Yeah, um, like, that, one, that one goes into like Eastern Promises and stuff like. Yeah, that. and there's I mean, the History of Violence. Man, people don't know about that movie, and I remember watching that when it came out, and I'm like, why is no one else watching this movie? Well, you know, it's funny that movie's based on the gas scam that the mob pulled. Yeah, um, Michael uh, Francis, who they actually mention in mm-hmm. Goodfellas when he's going through the bar. That he was responsible for that. They created a bunch of shell companies, mm-hmm. bought the uh, gas at a discounted price, didn't pay taxes on it, took the money, funneled it, and yeah. brought it into those shell companies, took the money out. So it'll it's the same with like uh, it's kind of like when you start moving cigarettes in mass. And you're, yeah, you're just paying for uh, someone who owns a stamp, and you're just stamping all these fucking cigarettes. Exactly. It, it was the exact same concept. They they were. They were basically making close to a billion dollars a year. Yeah, the same as cartels now. Like cartels have actually started going into the gas business. Oh yeah. And what they'll do is they'll drive up to a pipeline, bore a hole, and start pumping gas out of the fucking pipeline. <laughs> that's a, that's a fucking crazy. That, is, that's fucking nuts. Like Sinaloa, the the, the county of of Mexico, Sinaloa is, mm-hmm. is being lit up right now because there's a power vacuum going on because of that shit. Because uh, uh, El Chapo's son just got arrested. Oh fuck! So now it's a, they're trying to fill the spot. Yeah, I kind of miss the George Bush era of way of dealing with those motherfuckers when you just call them terrorists. And- oh yeah, like how they did with Ron, uh, Ron or Raul Garza. Yeah. Um, where they just uh, they took him over the border and fucking executed him in the United States, even yeah. though he didn't operate or wasn't arrested in the United States for a crime. They just extradited him. Well, he made it over here, didn't he? <laughs> and that's a damn shame. <laughs> it well, was kind of like the whole, like, a Roman Polanski. It'd be a goddamn shame if he made it back to the United States, wouldn't it? Yeah, he'd probably last 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, like uh, there's a certain man at a phone booth for some reason that keeps looking over his shoulder. I'm like, I can't care. I don't know if I'm more surprised that there's a man at a phone booth or that there's a phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is a phone booth doing here? What's Shut a phone up, booth? Grandpa. <laughs> Shut up, Grandpa. <laughs> Ne- they were never real. <laughs> Shut up, Boomer. Go yeah. back to your phone with Boomer. I'm fucking millennial. What the fuck? <laughs> just, just clocks you with a fucking TikTok. Phone. Ow! He's <laughs> a Chinese little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> back in my day, we just had vines. <laughs> it was a simpler time. It was a you better time. You had five time. seconds to plea your case. <laughs> <laughs> or you could be like that dude on his lawnmower. I have the power of God. <laughs> The fucking 357 at the cop car. <laughs> but going uh, into the craziest part of Goodfellas, Henry Hill. 
My favorite mobster character in movie history is it got to be Henry fucking Hill. One of the biggest rats ever. Yeah, but like whether it's a true gangster movie or a fictional one, he is my favorite overall because like you have your Michael Corleones, you have your Scarfaces, you know, you have all these other characters who play either the the anti-hero protagonist of the story. Henry Hill is my fucking favorite. He's like the um, how can I put it? Like the Floyd Greek hero in a way. Yeah, yeah. And he is very flawed. <laughs> Completely. Uh, drug addicted, alcoholic, like uh, womanizer. Like you see everything throughout that movie except for um, the fact that they mention that Karen wasn't exactly, you know, pure of heart either. The whole, don't give me the whole babe in the woods routine. Okay, Karen? Yeah. I heard you on those wiretaps. Well, she was also sleeping with his boss while he was in yeah. prison, too. Yeah, the uh, Paul Cicero. Yep. Yeah, and, yep. and that's the true story of the good mm-hmm. But let's, let's go to the beginning of the movie. So the movie opens up with them having Billy Bats in the trunk. Yep. And it's them driving, and we meet our main three characters. Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Mary Liotta as Henry Hill. Friends till the end. Yeah, <laughs> this is stand by me with more steps. Stand by me, except we made the body. Yeah, we made the body. <laughs> hey, you guys want to? You guys want to see a theft? <laughs> you guys want to see one of the most craziest thefts of all time? <laughs> to Donovan? Yeah, Donovan. God damn! Way down and below the ocean, I want to shoot him in his fat fucking mouth. <laughs> the soundtrack is is off the fucking rails in this one. So good. It's it's all like cuts from like the late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, a lot of Rolling Stone, a lot of Dunham, a lot of seventies rock just starts coming in towards uh, the end of the late movie. Eric Clapton. Yeah, yeah. And like I'm just like banger from beginning to end. And there's there's so much you can learn from the movie just from the soundtrack alone. Oh yeah, and. And of course, you got the Rolling Stones in it. Of course, which just makes it perfect. Yeah, Give me shelter as far as blasting. <laughs> it's always and he, he even used that song in a Martin Scorsese even used that in Casino, but he used the live version of yeah. it, which just made it even better. It sold the uh, whole montage yeah. they had going. And like, uh, was it the live version of uh, Comfortably Numb they used in Departed? Yes, but it wasn't Pink Floyd. It was uh, Van Morrison doing yeah. a cover with a couple of like friends of theirs, like other yeah. musicians. I remember that caught me off guard when that scene happened, and I'm just like, is that fucking Pink Floyd? Because <laughs> like, I was sitting there, too, because I'm like, this is a really good version of Comfortably Numb. I'm like, that's not David Gilmour, and that's that's yeah. not David Gilmour at all singing yeah. that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we opened up uh, the opening, which uh, they've already captured Billy Bats. He's in the trunk, banging. And it's just like, God damn it. And they got to pull over, and they're all basking like red light because it's the brake lights. And they pop the trunk, and then it begins. From since I was a little boy, I always wanted to be a gangster. And then cut, and here he is as a kid growing up in New York City. And that kid, the kid did a great job as a young Henry Hill. And, like, the dad, the mom, the little brother, you know, you got to – it's very quick about the young part of Henry Hill. Yeah. Uh, he meets a young Joe Pesci. Which looks like a young Joe Pesci. It sounds like him, too. Yeah. He has that weird little fucking smirk. I would have loved it if he was like a kid in Home Alone or some shit. That would have been funny. <laughs> like, he was just like a little little Ned. Like, ah, fuck you, kid. <laughs> uh, but, uh, like, the the whole opener of the movie is classic. Like, it's... He looks, ar- he looks across the corner, and he's looking at 
the pork store where most of the Sopranos, you know, yeah, that, that little open, the cab stand, the, the, cab stand. The, the pizza parlor too. Yeah, yeah, it was where the mob would do subtle operations out of. It was basically holding court. Uh, kind of like when you go to a, a business meeting or, yeah. or a, bi- a, a business party, like yeah. a party for your, your work. Yeah, it, it's you're going to talk about work while you're there, but it's mostly a hangout kind of social yeah. club. Hey, what's the numbers for this week? How much mm-hmm. do we make? You know, and it's you know, we're, it's, we're understanding that it may be the late forties at that point, roughly, roughly, yeah. uh, because things don't really pip off until like the mid sixties where it gets real fucking nuts. But Paul Cicero is there. Uh, a lot of his guys work out of the back of the restaurant, but we have you know front men in the front. Um, and the cool thing about the front men and the guy and the guys up front is you have, like you said, it's the cab stand. So you have people coming in and out, but you also have thugs coming in and out. Uh, the scene where the guy's all bloody and running up to the fucking cab stand. Oh, they shot me! And they fucking shot yeah, me! Yeah, because he comes in. Uh, it's a pizzeria at that time. The cab stand yeah. though is that scene where um, uh, Tony Sirico, uh, mm-hmm. uh, same guy who plays Paulie, is <laughs> fucking with Tootie. And um, Paul Savino steps out and just stares at them like a pissed off dad. Yeah. <laughs> like gives him that dad look. And like we find out that Henry had got a job working inside the pizzeria. Mm-hmm. And I love the guy who runs it, the fat guy out front. He's, yeah, Tootie. He, yeah, he's Tootie. He's like, Henry, why are you wasting the good house? You believe, Henry, you wasted five fucking aprons on this guy. I got to toughen this kid up. <laughs> yeah, next time just let him bleed. <laughs> God, I can't damn. have that. I can't have that in this joint. But it turned out like during that time in the movie, he's, he's working and working for these guys. And he's having such a good time working that he starts just skipping school altogether. And I love the dad. It's such a fucked up scene. You having a good time at school? Yeah. What'd you learn in school today? You learning a lot? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's funny. It's right. It yeah. just goes just, like a- you haven't been to school in months. In months. <laughs> it just beats his motherfucking ass. The freeze frame is what kills me with him talking about how he was taking a beating. Like mm-hmm. everybody has to take a beating at one point in their life. And it's just the freeze frame of his dad just fucking biting his lip like about to hit him again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like that was the last time Henry ever took a beating. <laughs> and then they, they, they extort the fucking mailman oh, yeah, after yeah. That. that. Is that him? No. Well, well, remember he goes he goes up to Tootie, he's like, Hey Tootie, I gotta I gotta quit. He's like, what do you mean you gotta quit? You're gonna fuck everything up. Yeah, you're gonna (laughs) look at my eye. Yeah, my dad'll kill me. (laughs) He's like, what happened? He's like, well, you got a letter in the mail. Oh, guess what? We're gonna talk to the letter man. (laughs) Yeah, come on, let's let's go take a ride. Is that him, kid? No. Is that him? Yeah. That's that's the guy. Get him. And like two guys get out of the car. It was Tony Sirico and the other and one of the other dudes. And excuse me, scumbag. (laughs) And that's the only. I think that's the only movie I've seen that we understand that postal workers are good at two things one fighting the nazis in poland because they you know made the little last stand and two somehow being resistant to a pizza oven at 500 degrees fahrenheit when you put your hands on it they are flame retardant people yeah. i'm fully convinced federal postal employees are not human beings oh, that's like paid like 36 dollars an hour oh yeah that's true <laughs> no rain nor sleet nor fire of an italian oven shall keep me from doing my job you see these hands look at that pizza oven <laughs> I would deliver the mail unless a gangster Italian pays me $500 to not deliver the mail. <laughs> Why are you not going down that route? I'm not fucking going to disappear. Fuck that. <laughs> what are you going to do? Huh? Send someone else? Go ahead. Go ahead. What, what are you going to do? Fire me? I have tenure. They'll get their fucking mail one day. <laughs> you would take my pension from me? <laughs> <laughs> and so and going into that, he ends up getting a little bit more involved into the 
the mob a little bit. So he starts uh, doing the whole uh, blowing up cars in the parking yep. lot and shit like that, which I love that scene of just him just like throwing fucking cock- Molotov cocktails in the cars and just like one kind of delays a little bit and you're just like, what? Then boom! And he's just fucking hauling ass. Just the explosion behind him and that's where he says that uh, that line where it's like, one time when I was wa- when uh, my mother was walking home with the groceries, kids from the neighborhood stopped her and carried all of her gross and carried the groceries all the way back to the house. And you know why? It was out of respect. respect. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, it wasn't. It was out of, <laughs> it was out of sheer fear. fear. Which you piece of shit? Hey, Machiavellian principle is you can either be loved or feared as long as you're not hated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once you get hated, you know. yeah. That's when shit. That's when you get rats. Head, head, heads off bodies. <laughs> yeah, you know, heads off bodies. They find a head in the desert. Hey, is the little guy? He wouldn't be fucking the Jew's wife, would he? <laughs> <laughs> heads on pikes. You know, the feudalism or uh, you know, kid nation kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how Porky got killed and uh, <laughs> fucking Lord, Lord of the Fly. Flies. He dropped the conch. That was he. He dropped his power. <laughs> you dropped the ball. We dropped the stone on you. <laughs> well, it was a little bit more elaborate than that. It was more like no, this no, it, piece of shit. Listen, listen, it happens. <laughs> yeah, it happens. He got the, his. The story of of man. Shit happens. Is is it happens? <laughs> hey, what did you uh, what did you have? What you what you say uh, was your book report on Lord of the Flies? It happens. It happens. <laughs> All right, shit happens. Shit rolls downhill. And sometimes it falls on the fat kid with glasses. <laughs> to, to sum up. A classic novel. <laughs> Shit happens. It is what it is. That's a Marcus Aurelius take on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the great philosophy. It is what it is, punk. <laughs> or what, get uh, with it or get rolled the fuck over. Or I believe what Cap told me, Cap told me one time, it sucks to suck. <laughs> I, I love that expression. It's so fun. That's sucks nihilism. Suck. Yeah, it sucks to suck. But uh, Henry, going back to Henry, so we start getting a little bit uh, afterward, and we find out he's in currently in a uh, extortion process with a restaurant. Um, yeah, an insurance scam. Yeah, an insurance scam, and so he there is a a conversation that happens, which is a big part of the movie of Henry and Joe Pesci. You know, after we get like the the background of Joe Pesci and Ray Liotta. And the whole introduction yeah, of, you know, Nicky Eyes, Michael Francis, yeah. Tony two times with the info. So yeah. I'm going to go get the papers. Get, get the, the papers. papers. Yeah. Uh, so we meet all of our background characters very quickly and uh, we get the conversation. Like, it's, oh, how about funny, Henry? And we see kind of how awful Joe Pesci's character is. And volatile. Because, like, the thing is that gets me is, like, you see Joe Pesci. He's a short guy, but he's still a threatening kind of guy. Even in Casino, you know, like the scene with the dude that put his feet on the fucking table. And he's beating the shit out of him with the the phone. Already kind of scary, because, like, wow, dude's small, but he could fucking hold his own. But the thing is, Tommy D. Simone, imagine it, because he was about your height. Yeah. He was six foot two. Yeah. So imagine having that type of personality. How am I funny, Quinn? How am I fucking funny? That's why it's like you know you. I even did the face. Now it's like seeing that shit. Like you're you just you're you're funny, man. It's just like the way I'm ready to run to funny. <laughs> yeah, like Andy Griffith funny. Yeah. Oh my god, thank you. But like it's so funny because when I see that, all I can think of was uh, this Reddit post this guy had made. Every time I watch it now, and he was talking about when he was a kid, Home Alone had just came out, and he saw Joe Pesci at an airport, and he ran up to Joe Pesci 
just kid. Ran up Joe Pesci. He's like, oh, my God, you were – I loved Home Alone, blah, blah, blah. He, and so he said Joe Pesci leaned down and said, who's your favorite actor? And he's like, you. And then he handed him a crisp $50 bill. He's like, damn right I am. <laughs> <laughs> that is the smoothest <laughs> motherfucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Damn right I am. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on a minute. Wait. <laughs> yeah, who's your favorite actor? Joe, you, Mr. Pesci. Damn right I am. <laughs> he just wanted to hand him a crisp. He said, crisp $50 bill. How do I, and why do I get the feeling that when he got on that plane, Robert De Niro was sitting there in one of those cream-colored suits, just yeah, sitting there smoking a cigarette with the big sunglasses. Well, like, like flying to go do a casino. What took you so long? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of his, what, 57 suits? Yeah, about 57, yeah. For every gram, Sharon Stone was putting down her <laughs> fucking nose. <laughs> Even when she died at the end, he had a different suit. Yeah, yeah, because that was her last gram. Yep. <laughs> You spend money on eight balls. I spend money on suits. <laughs> so, like, uh, going into it, so we meet uh, Robert De Niro's character, who comes in actually later on. Jimmy uh, the Gent. Jimmy uh, the Gent. That was still during the kids' scene, like when Harry, uh, Harry. Um, Henry. fucking Henry Harry he when Henry, come, he Henry come, was working uh, the card games he yeah, was just a waiter yeah and he would always come in and like tip like hundred dollar bills yep. and shit and that kind of like going back and watching like the fifth time you know like seeing Henry do that and then not fucking like losing it when seeing you know Spider get shot during that same kind of event kind of like threw me out of it a little bit I'm just like he would have like some more visceral reaction than like god damn it dude why'd you shoot that dude yeah like it, it was um a lot of the guys they don't really show the depth of how bad it was uh yeah. when that happened like they make it like they were cold and callous but a lot of it was because they wanted to get rid of the body now jimmy apparently reading um some of the stuff about the actual events mm-hmm. he was fucking upset like yeah. it actually killed him to see that. Like yeah. he wasn't the same guy after seeing Spider get killed. Because Spider, he started earning Jimmy's respect because of that. Spider also was a better earner than Tommy was, so Tommy had some jealousy there too, mm-hmm. which is why he was always fucking with him. Yeah. So when you learn the background of this stuff, it real it's like uh, me watching The Witcher, like yeah. reading into the back, like the background lore of it and mm-hmm. delving deeper into it. You see why your characters are so tense in yeah. some parts. Say it again. Say. Yeah. Toss the cord to your witcher one more goddamn time. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sing the fucking song. <laughs> I love that witcher. This is hilarious. Oh, dude, it's the funniest shit ever. My wife started watching it. She got me into it. I, I haven't looked back. Yeah, I, like I love Henry Cavill already. We'll do that. a whole fucking episode about the season one and two. That's <laughs> fine with me, dude. Because uh, nothing is more like. I've said it before, the scene where Michael Corleone gets told off by his wife that she had an abortion is that same fucking like look that he has is that same look Henry Cavill has in season two when old girl's trying to kill Siri and he just puts his fucking sword and like, you dumb bitch. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, fuck, that's going to happen. Because I'm sitting here going, this, uh, I see exactly why these people got slaughtered. Yeah. I see exactly why they... Bur- you guys deserved every fucking bit of this. Because when you watch the first episode, you're like, oh man, these poor people, how could they do this? And then you go back and you're like, oh my god, Sintra was a whole bunch of pieces of shit. Yeah. Y'all were Nazis. Yeah, yeah, you guys <laughs> Y'all were, were just racist off- assholes. Yeah, you guys were just assholes throughout the whole fucking movie. You guys were like Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino, but without the redeeming character arc. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. just constantly finger gun <laughs> <laughs> you're just all finger gun yeah. and every <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, 
but it just see the ending scene. Just like, oh my god, that was so brutal. Hey, he kind of had it coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said a lot of slurs throughout this movie. It was bound to happen. Jim's calling people fucking old school 50s slurs. And everybody just questioned it. And then one of them got on the phone and looked it up. And it's just like, oh, this motherfucker called me that? Damn. Piece of shit. <laughs> That did they ask their grandfather. So, so I love the dynamic between Henry and Joe Pesci's character because it's two brothers. Yeah. It's just two fucking brothers. And when I first watched it, Joe Pesci seems like he's like 100 years old. Like he, just, oh, yeah. he always seems like he's like two decades older than his friend. Damn, even back then these guys were old. But like, he, but like Ray Liotta is his best friend. Constantly, yeah, because they're both supposed to be like twenty-one. Yeah, but it's Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, and like Ray Liotta could probably pull off, you know, mid twenties, late twenties, twenty-five, twenty. Joe Pesci, he was like twenty-eight. Joe when they Pesci did it. since since probably nineteen eighty-five constantly looks forty-five years Dude, old. Dude, even when in his movie Family and Force, or like the first yeah. fucking movie he was in in the seventies, he looked like he was like forty-eight. Did you ever see that movie Easy Money with him? Yes, in, with Robert, uh, with uh, fuck, what is his name, Roger Dangerfield? Yes, he looked old in that movie. Too. He looked old in Lethal Weapon. Yeah. He looked old in uh, JFK also. <laughs> With those eyebrows. Uh, they make they make they reference that same guy in uh, The Irishman. Yeah. yeah. He's the guy who delivers the truck to at the asphalt plant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the Joe Pesci just connected. You know anything about Joe Pesci? How he's connected, like Frankie Valley and all them? Like, uh, through Frank Vincent. Frank Vincent, yeah. Because they uh, were playing music together. Frank Vincent was a guitarist in um, California, and he was looking for some, or yeah. Jersey, I should say, and he was looking yeah. for somebody, and Pesci was the one who answered the ad in the paper he put yeah. out. Uh, but like another part of that is that he's actually seen in the play Jersey Boys. Yep, his character, his his the person playing Joe Pesci, yep. is in Jersey Boys. I think that's fucking hilarious. There's uh like one of his first uh, debuts was also him singing. Little Joe sure can sing. <laughs> that was his uh, debut thing as a kid. He was a singer starting out. There's a film from I think the 50s or 60s where. Uh, I remember he was on Letterman or Leno, one of the two, and he was talking to him like, "Yeah, I was in a like my first movie role was actually this two second scene you see right here, and it's just a flash to people dancing, but it's like he's right there front and center just doing like this fucking fifties dance with this girl." And he's like, "There I am, right there. See, look at that big movie moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look at me, ma, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly you said that exact yeah. same thing." <laughs> <laughs> But so like they're, I want to kind of skip forward a little bit. So they have their fucking am I funny moment. Yep. And so, but there's this scene where they're setting up the restaurant to be burned down, and they're doing this thing. Uh, they're doing the the end, the, the act three of the scam. Yeah. Which dipping was, the shit in the iodine, putting them up, and then lighting them. them and walking out. And the whole time, Ray Liotta, who's always kind of like focused on the job until later on, where he kind of just goes off the rails. Yeah. But Ray Liotta in the beginning is very on the job kind of guy meticulous got yeah. everything's got to be right yeah because he's not full he, he will never be fully in he is a associate which yeah. you have no protection yeah but like he wants Paul Cicero like Paul Cicero relies on him and Joe Pesci and you know Jimmy he, he relies on all three of those guys very heavily even though Henry Hill and Jimmy will never be full but they're so respected in the game that they kind of have a proxy a little bit yeah um if someone was outside was to go after them the mafia would step up a little bit because with jimmy jimmy had a little bit more of a foot in the door than henry did until the lufthansa and uh, another heist that they pulled that was actually a bigger than the that was 
another really crazy fucking heist that was similar to the Lufthansa mm-hmm. one in the film. Yeah. Because um, he's also like, so let's look, like Henry's crimes, not only is it cocaine, extortion, racketeering, the Lufthansa heist, it's also the Georgetown point shaving yes. scam. Yes. Yep. Yep. I was just about to bring up that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it's the crimes he committed while he was out. Um, during his witness protection days. When he was in Seattle and he had to move drugs for uh, a couple of Colombians yeah. from the cartel that he owed a debt to. Mm-hmm. So like, so those are the important events of Henry Hill. So he's a criminal throughout. Completely. But, but you know, they, they do varnish him up a little bit as Ray Liotta. Oh, of course. It's like uh, people, uh, I was listening to a podcast uh, called the Original Gangsters Podcast. It's mm-hmm. um, Scott Bernstein and a guy, and Jimmy, I forgot his last name, but he's a professor over at one of the universities in the state of Michigan, and Scott Bernstein wrote the book uh, Mafia Prince, which is about Phil um, Leonetti from the Philly Mob. Um, he's a Phil big... Leotard. <laughs> no, I, I, almost, I almost fucked up there. But no, uh, they were talking about that. Um, they were talking about how... You know, when you see the movie, you have that fate. You take it at face value, like, "Oh, Ray Liotta." So the, this guy must have been like a real charmer. He must have been a good-looking guy. You, you look at—he's fuck ugly. <laughs> you, you take a look at Henry Hill, and it's like it, immediately any woman that had any preconceived notion is going, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah." Well, that's what I liked about a uh, was it a gangster? Uh, uh, was that gangster movie with uh, Josh Brolin? Um, oh, you know, oh, Ameri- yeah. not American Gangster, but uh, um. Where they where they're hunting down where Sean Penn's in it and he's playing um, fuck you know what I'm talking about yes but Sean Penn's look he looks like the real guy yeah uh, from Vegas um, God what is the name or L A is L A but uh, gangster something Gangsterland Gangland or some shit I'll but, have to I'll have to look it up yeah again. We'll, we'll, we'll try to remember every movie we've ever watched in about five minutes <laughs> or we'll say it in the middle of another podcast yeah fuck it was gangster I know we're like ten episodes away from what we were just talking about but yeah. it was this movie with Josh Brolin um, but yeah so Henry Hill he's a suave motherfucker but they're sitting in the car and I love this conversation and it's just Joe Pesci talking about this <laughs> fucking woman and he's just like you know, you, can you believe this, Henry? She won't go out with Italians. She's prejudiced against she's, Italians. She's prejudiced against the Italian people. And like, Ray, like Henry Hill is seeing through all this bullshit. And it's just well, a. What, what are you telling me this for? What do you what, want? What, 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 do you, what do you want from me? But he's that guy. It's just like when you have someone you know who's like, "Hey, man, how's it going? I just want to come over and say, hey, blah, blah, blah." Yeah, no. And then like, like fifteen minutes later, it's just like, "Yeah, man, that's that's really cool. How are you, you know, that's really good. You're doing all this, and I'm, you know, I'm, I've, you know, I've made some bad choices. You know, I lost my job. Can I borrow like a?" You know, some money, and it's just like that. You wasted my time. Just you just wasted twenty five fucking minutes for me to just tell you no anyway. Yeah, it's like just, why couldn't you just start with that? This is the Clark Griswold and his <laughs> brother in law situation. Uh, the bad thing is, what I was gonna say is like that scene is basically like myself and my brother, like my brother <laughs> asking me for something to help, like to help him out. Yeah, and it's just me sitting there going. What, what the fuck? What, why are you taking 45 minutes to tell me what you want? What do you want? <laughs> yeah. All right, why couldn't you just start with that? And so it always comes out to, Henry, will you go on a double date with me? No, I'm not no, going to do no, it. No, no I'm not, I'm not doing do it. it. Well, what the fuck do you even know, Henry? I haven't even asked you anything yet. <laughs> just fucking no. <laughs> and I'm just like, I love that resolve. Fuck no, just no. <laughs> and then he get, once he gets like the introduction to him about it, he finally goes, "Fine, all right, I'll go, I'll go." 
so you don't have to go alone. Because he's just trying to get his friend laid at that yeah, point, yeah. and he's not going to stop bitching. And as he's telling him that and still arguing with him, the fucking place is catching on fire. God damn it! You and your fucking <laughs> mouth. You see what you made me do? Yeah. <laughs> and now they got to flee the scene of an arson that they actually as they're out. arguing too. Yeah. <laughs> so so we get uh, we get an introduction of Karen. The other narrator of the movie. Because the whole movie up to now has been narrated by Ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. But now we get Lorraine Bracco. So, I love Lorraine Bracco in Sopranos. I hate Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas. She is such a bitch. And who, she's, she, she's the prototype to what is eventually t- Tony's wife in yeah. The Sopranos. She's the prototype version. Uh, and so, we get the double date. And... He's constantly, he's constantly doing the watch thing, where he's just like, uh huh, fidgeting, yeah, tapping his. And head. she's talking trash, money shit about it. He's like, this motherfucker didn't even look me in the eyes. I just, just love his little thing where he's like, while they were when they were getting ready for an appetizer, I already ordered my entree. When they were getting ready for dessert, I was asking for the bill. Mm-hmm. Like I'm already, I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. I got Meanwhile, some shit I got to do. Meanwhile, Joe Pesci's all over this girl, and she's just, all over him, and they're fucking. And what's funny is like he takes off. And I love Joe Pesci's one line. Hey, honey, he really likes you. <laughs> yeah, because they were they were gonna do it another night, and he took her home and just kind of like was fucking gruff about it. Yeah, just go did. goodbye. Yep, goodbye. Doesn't even say a word. Gets right into his car, and drives off. And then they do another one. And he never shows. And so she gets upset, and, he's, and she starts crying. She's <laughs> just like, I don't know why he wouldn't be here. You know, he's always busy. That kid. That he's always got it. something to do. You know, he he probably didn't even mean it. He probably forgot. Yeah, I don't right, know. Right. And so, and then we get the, the narrator. So I made him take me to, to Henry. <laughs> You got some nerve standing And you got fucking uh, 2D and everybody, oh, oh, what are you doing to this poor girl? <laughs> I just love his face where it's like he goes from this shock look, but he's got that little bit of like he's trying not to smile. smile. Yeah. He's but just he's like, just holy like, shit, okay. Now, but now he's cheesing because now the girl's after him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, 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 I thought you didn't like me, bitch. And he's like, neg- <laughs> he's like negging her a little bit. Like, yeah. And he's like, whoa, whoa, I thought you just didn't like me. Because, you know, you're prejudiced against fucking Italians. <laughs> but so it ends up, he takes her on the proper date. Goes to the Coca Cabana. Yeah. And they're doing the whole, like, in through the back. You know, hey, Henry, how you doing? Hey, I got that thing for you. Let me talk to you Tuesday about it. You know, that fucking little half-ass handshake. They grab a table from the back, put it up front, got two chairs, looking around, and everybody's like, whoa, what the fuck you doing? Shut the fuck up. This is a guest. (laughs) And they got him sitting up front, comedians going, doing his thing. There's a singer, blah, blah, blah. And she is just blown the fuck away. Because she's sitting here going, I I was wondering how a 21-year-old kid would be able to do it. Because she grabs his hand and is like... You don't feel like because she asked him what he did for a living. He's like, uh, I'm in it. I'm a you. I work in the union, yeah. or I work construction. You don't feel like you work construction. Talking about no calluses on his hands. I'm a union delegate. Yeah, and it's just like I'm just waiting for that wood bulb because I'm watching Soprano so much. I'm just like, I work for the environment. <laughs> <laughs> it's an environmental recovery agency. It's a retirement community. <laughs> it's that guy. It's just that voice yelling. <laughs> it's the it's the PC version of what it actually is. Yeah. But it's the rare times fucking Tony is being PC when it benefits him. Yeah. <laughs> if it's to soften the blow of what he's doing to I'm somebody. I'm tired of telling people we work. We're not in the mall. That's a, I work in the environment. <laughs> and it's it's a stereotype and it's offensive. <laughs> 
Yes, it's a stereotype that you are perpetually doing, <laughs> you fat fuck. <laughs> you just picked the fucking wrong car to pick in sanitation. Yeah. Uh, a most obvious fucking thing. Yeah, the most mobbed up thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the most mobbed up thing next to, I work at the docks. Yeah, yeah I work at the docks. What we, do you you're in the import-export business too, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, More importing than export. A lot of shit falls off the boats. Asset relocation. <laughs> it's just another word for theft. <laughs> Asset relocation. Where are we located? I don't know. No to my fucking, fucking business. Car. How about, how about you mind your fucking business? Yeah. I don't see you. <laughs> when Christmas comes, I don't hear you asking about my motherfucking job. But I'll tell you one thing I'm, I'm constantly having to ask you about. Where are you fucking union dues? You pay union dues this month? Yeah. <laughs> so they go on this date. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, and they start continuing going on. So a part of the movie that they don't explain is, so around this time, she wasn't just dating Henry. She was courting another guy. Really? So oh that, yeah, the neighbor. Yeah, the neighbor. So when Neil. I was younger, when I was watching that, I was like, "Does she have two boyfriends? Like, why is Ray Liotta not mad about that?" Then I like grew up and realized, oh, back then, a woman or a guy would have multiple, you know, partners that he would see, and then he would end up dating one more significantly. It really, you know, what it is? It, it's the same kind of thing that you run into, like a lot of. Uh, it, it's like the traditional thing of like um, the gender roles from back in the day where it's like a man as he's growing up he gets to his teen years fucks around a little bit blah 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 he gets into his early 20s and then he realizes oh fuck I gotta slow down at least in that time period mm-hmm. I'm talking in the context of then you know meets a bunch of girls kind of like uh, the, what we were talking about off air with uh, Bronx Tale you know they're like the great fighters <laughs> I just happen to have all three at the same time yeah. <laughs> so it's like I fucked up I had my chances and I blew it yeah and so then we get the scene where they're hanging out, and it's it's Jimmy and Henry at the guy's place, the store. The guy with the, the mop on his head. Yeah, Maury. Maury. And, Maury's um, wigs. Because uh, Maury owed Jimmy money. He was a in lot debt of to money. A lot of money. And I found out, you want to know why Jimmy... Uh, well, his name in the movie, Jimmy Conway, but Jimmy Burke was really fucking pissed like that. It wasn't just the fact he owed him money. Jimmy Burke had insomnia. I found this out. So he would stay up all night watching TV. He'd go into the living room. And see those late And he would see those advertisements every fucking night. So imagine, let's say I owe you like 50 fucking grand. And I'm constantly hearing y'all play. You're just constantly hearing me play and hearing uh, hearing about how many album sales we got. And it's like, this motherfucker. (laughs) Just, Just go to Mikey's house. Call him right now. You tell him to come here right fucking now. Today. Today. Meanwhile, let's freeing his dogs like raw meat and doing powder. Like, just getting them riled the fuck up. Just in case. Just in case. Just as soon as you come outside of the backyard of Mike, you sound like, me too. And just look at these dogs. Come out. Oh my God. And that was the thing. You got all this money to buy fucking Liz's lettuce and shit. You got money for me, you piece of shit. <laughs> just chokes him with the fucking phone cord. Oh, yeah, and then it's like Henry's laughing. Cause the, uh, and that was genuine, too, because uh, the wig fell off. It wasn't supposed to fall off. Yeah, but like, he's genuinely laughing. It makes him look like a fucking psychopath. <laughs> and like he gets the call, and it's the other guy that's with him. He's like, hey, 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 uh, Henry, you got a call. And it's it, it, it was used. And so back in the day. You, no, it was Maury. Maury, the phone rang, and he'd yeah. pick up the phone, and Jimmy had to stop strangling him for a second so he could be like, Maury's wigs. Yeah, and so it's for you, Henry. He takes it, and we don't hear what she says except for a little bit. She's in a phone booth, actually. Yeah. And she is bawling her fucking eyes out, and we yeah. see she's got remnants of what a shiner, maybe, and her clothes are tore, so we can only inflect what may have happened. The guy tried to rape her, or probably did. 
That's the worst part. Is it, he probably fucking did? And it's and it's back in the fifties too. So it's like it's not a. It really wasn't a reported event for yeah. most women. Yeah, and if it was, it, it was, was a, it was a family that took care of the situation, or it was just blocked out. Yeah, cops did nothing. Yeah. Okay, we'll look into it. All right, so I love this scene. Yeah, this is my honestly favorite fucking scene. <laughs> and. This is what every like married he, man wishes they could do. Yeah, this some is guy. the revenge fantasy right there next to like death wish. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And so he's like, "Where are you at?" And he's calm, even though they're extorting money after this man that's right next to him. I gotta go. I gotta go. Yo, where do you gotta go? I gotta it's go. It's Karen, Jimmy. It's Karen, bitch. Like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta deal with it. So Jimmy understands <laughs> yeah do what you gotta, you gotta do. do yeah it is what it is <laughs> so he goes he flies over he picks her up which we don't see he picks her up takes her back home gets her to the door and then he looks across and it's the guy with his two buddies just looking in his rear view and the guy stopped what they're doing to look at him because yeah. he's just he reassured her you're right because she turned to him and told him that uh they were just talking, hanging out. He tried to kiss her. She yeah. said no, and then he started getting really angry. Yeah, it was like a whole real, fucked up and thing. She, and it's that, and it got up to that. She did that part with the voice. It was just like infuriating. Not that I'm infuriated at her, but her just trying to tell me a simple story. And I know where it's going. It's just going to keep me more infuriated. It's like the more she tells it, the angrier I get. <laughs> it's just like yeah. you're just adding gas. And that's why. And that's the scary thing, though, too, because Henry, you've seen him fly off the handle a couple of times. But it's like that. Like get, he gets to the point where you hit that madness or that anger where you're just silent and yeah. you're just processing. Like, all right, I know exactly. What I'm gonna fucking yeah. do. And so he beelines for the fucking neighbor straight across the street. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, what the fuck you gonna do? What's up, fucko? You want some? <laughs> oh yeah!" And he gives a king, king, and he king. beats him with a 38 revolver, and it's made of steel. It's yep. not like a gun made today. It was half plastic, nope. and it's boom, boom, boom. He strikes about three or four times, and then he points the broken gun at the other two guys. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. <laughs> but they can't tell because his hand's all covered in blood. But he's, the way he's holding the gun, if you look, he's holding his finger right under the barrel to hold the gun because it broke in his hand. And who's going to really pay that much attention if you just watched your friend get the shit beat yeah, out of Yeah, on his own property. That's fucking, <laughs> like, that adds that's a layer a, to a beating. That's a power move. <laughs> yeah, that's a power move. Don't fuck with the guy across the street. Yeah, like, so he just walks, he walks back, and he's like, hey, are you okay? And he puts, he has a hide hey, this. Hide this. And Karen just, <laughs> the line, I had to admit, it turned me on. It kind of turned me on. <laughs> and I'm just like, that line is so Fucking hilarious. Because all I think of is uh, the thing you brought up uh, with the uh, with uh, season one of The Sopranos, but Coos, where he hands in the box. I need you to hold on to this for a few days. I'm, I gotta gotta admit, kind of turned me on. <laughs> I listened to that episode not long ago, and I forgot. I, said that. I forgot all the time that I fucking said that. I so now it. I have to watch that scene again, and I'm laughing my ass off. My wife is looking at me like I'm fucking nuts. I'm like, it's it's from a it's a reference from another movie. Like he wouldn't get it unless he watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here, just here. sitting there like <laughs> here. Let me here, here some headphones. Just listen to what Chris said. <laughs> He's bad for you. <laughs> oh don't, my god! Don't, don't be friends with him. <laughs> uh, I got a fun story. Oh. Uh, I got a fun story to tell you right after this because I think it'll be fucked up. But uh, so so he does that, and so they get the relationship goes forward. Afterward, um, they end up getting married. Like we're just we're just gonna skip forward a little bit. They end up getting married, and I love how Karen is not 
quite fully understanding the mob during the wedding. Yeah. Everyone's having a good time, and then there's a bag full of money that everyone's throwing in. And a copious amount of Petey's and Paulies and Marie's. Yeah. Yeah, there's Peters and Pauls, and they're all their wives. This is my nephew Petey. This is my uh, this is brother Paulie. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my other nephew Petey. Paulie, Paulie. See, yeah. I even get confused. And, <laughs> and another part of this, another part of like the whole old school version of this is, she's still living at home while they're married because they haven't had a house yet, they haven't got a house yet. So they go on their honeymoon, blah blah blah. But one of the incidences that happens later on is they're out, and he brings her back to her mom's house. And he has to go back out because <laughs> the mom, the the mom from Sopranos, the mom, grandmother. Yeah, um, uh, uh, fucking, um, how did I just forget her name? Tony's wife. Yeah, uh, Carme- Carmel- Carmela's mom. Yeah, Carmela's mom is the fucking Lorraine Blanco's mom. Yep, and she comes barreling out of there. She's like, "What kind of man goes out of life?" And I love Joe Pesci, just like, "Yeah, what yeah. kind of people do they think we are? What kind of people are we?" Yeah, Henry, Henry, <laughs> like, oh my god, the. You're this fucking battle ass. axe. He's just an asshole. <laughs> he's that friend. He's like that friend that you experienced in high school that would be making the sex noises or like pass the weed, bro, in yeah, the background when you're on the phone with your parents, yeah. not helping the situation. Yeah, uh, Suzanne Shepard plays Karen's mother. That's right. Um, and so, because they had a whole argument up until like where he was, and like yeah. she was dragging look at Karen's dad into the middle of it I just love the dad being so apathetic but at the same time when he he, he comes out of his indifference when she brings that up yeah. like even he's looking up like bitch what the fuck man I didn't go out because I fucking I have had all these digestive problems yeah. <laughs> your I father would've... your father doesn't go out my father doesn't go pops doesn't go out because he fucking can't <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> even the dad's looking at her like she's fucking nuts like yeah. your mother's a fucking nutcase <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry you're fine <laughs> I don't care. And it turns into the, the, the father-in-law loves the son-in-law yeah. kind of situation, like the Sopranos. Oh, he's fine. What are you so worried about? <laughs> hey, God, won't you just shut the fuck up? <laughs> but, uh, so, I love I love Karen during the wedding where she, like, for one brief moment, she's like, oh, shit, where's the big bag of money? And he's like, oh, no, no one's going to steal from us. Trust me. Yeah, and it's, it's safe this, here. It, it, it'll burn us all to death. They'll burn everyone in here before they find, lose yeah. that back. So, and Paul Cicero, you know, says congratulations to Henry, which, is, you know, in hindsight, it's kind of fucked up because we know the true story later on. Congratulations. I can't wait to bang your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Prima nocta. In the <laughs> it co- it's Latin. It comes from Italy. It's yeah. only natural, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some Scots got mad about it. Let me show down. you how a man does as an, another man's wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me show you. You ever dude. heard of a cuckold, Henry? <laughs> <laughs> what is that, uh, Latin for bitch. <laughs> That's Latin for take it, take it, and wait. Take it and wait. I was watching. I was watching the the, uh, the someone watch. I was watching a reaction video for someone watching um, Braveheart for the first time. Oh fuck! And they do the prima nocta thing, and she's like, "What the fuck is that?" Oh, dude, when I was explaining that shit, I had a friend of mine that was watching that with me, and uh, he's like, "What the hell are they doing with the guy's wife? Are they gonna go kill her?" I'm like, "No." I mean, at that point, I, I feel like the woman would want to die. Yeah. He's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like. He's going to consummate the marriage. What do you mean consummate the marriage? I, he's going to take the place of the groom. He's going to fuck that guy's wife. Yeah. Before he has the ability to fuck his own wife. Yeah. And it's the guy, for, it's always that one guy that the, the, in, in Braveheart, if you watch it, it's the guy with the scars on his face. Yep. And it's always that guy. And it's just like, 
That guy always gets a rough story in the movie. And he got his revenge, though. Brutalized the fuck out of the guy that did that to him. Yeah. Didn't give him a... Gave him the split second to see what was about to happen and then killed him with a no. sledgehammer. <laughs> All right, so going into uh, their marriage. Uh, so there's a, there's a problem that happens where uh, Karen ends up getting worried about Henry. But Henry is actually... During this time, this is when we get the Latunza heist yeah. after the marriage. So, uh, one guy in the in the movie, one security guy comes up with the idea and, and sells it to Jimmy. But in real life, it's two guys. Yep. Yeah, uh, you brought this up during the intro episode, uh, where it was two guys that had to be involved, all along with Jimmy, uh, Sam Jackson's character. Uh, Robert De Niro, Jimmy, and Joe Pesci's character. Because uh, I believe it was Jimmy and Henry that actually walked in and grabbed everything. Yeah, because uh, Tommy didn't come in. It was just Jimmy, Henry, and Frenchie, but Frenchie was already there. He yeah. was one of the guys. Now, one of the other guards that was working there, since you mentioned the two guys, wasn't cool with that at all. Yeah. They had to get him drunk, bring in a couple of like hookers and stuff, so he'd yeah. be, you know, all right, whatever, I'll look the other way. Yeah, they probably should have had to do the same thing to the cop that was watching Lincoln. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Give him a shit face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where's the, where's the guy? There's supposed to be a guy here. And it's like, oh, he's drunk. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'll be in a minute. I was like, pow, what was that? That was your job. That was your pink slip being written, motherfucker. Oh, well, can I get my last paycheck now, then? No. <laughs> You're lucky we don't hang you <laughs> as a co-conspirator. <laughs> so, so the Lufthansa heist, which is, up until that point, the largest airport heist. In American history. In American history. Uh, it's actually second largest heist in American history. The first one is here in North Carolina, which is the Wells Fargo heist. Yes, armored truck. They yep. made a terrible. They made a fucked up movie about it called Masterminds with uh, uh, J, uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yep, yep. And it was funny as shit. But the real story is fucking rough. <laughs> like it's like them trying to fucking sugarcoat it. Make sugarcoat it, it. Other than the fact that there's these rich assholes trying to murder this one man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. I had no uh, idea what Lufthansa was when I first watched it. Then I realized, oh shit, it's a German air company. See, I was used to seeing that because uh, JFK was in LaGuardia. I had been to those airports numerous times. There was Lufthansa planes. There's a Lufthansa building at a JFK airport. Now that that was that's like a golden like bird or some shit on the wings or something. Um, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I went up and looked at more about it. Like some of those were. blood diamonds that had yes. snuck over here by yes. the Israelis. The um, same uh, diamonds that um, Nikki in uh, Casino was asking for. Mm-hmm. Those diamonds that they were importing from Israel, those were probably most likely coming from the same area that the that the jewelry that they stole was yeah. coming from. So it's um, really interesting to hear it all. And like a lot of those diamonds were actually um, done from, you know, blood diamonds, basically. Yeah. They were illegally taken from Sub-Saharan Africa, the Congo, the Congo, because uh, that, that. that was that uh, was. I don't know if the Dutch still had a hand in it, but I know there was a lot of companies that were still down there. Yeah, uh, a lot of European companies mm-hmm. were still down there. Um, you have there's a crazy story about De Beers, the De Beers Diamond Company. Yeah, uh, about how they got into the diamond business. And funny enough that you mentioned that, I didn't mean to cut you off, yeah. but it's uh, uh, the siege of Yadatville. Yeah. The uh, 
that movie with the with the Irish guys that are in um, the UN, they're the UN peacekeepers. Mm. The scene where the you see uh, a guy in a white suit and a white hat walking up and talking to the mercenary captain. That's supposed to be one of the heads of De Beers in that mm. region. So that's to kind of give you perspective on it too. That yeah. they had a very big hand in governmental affairs and when the UN was around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they end up creating this great high. I love Henry's in the shower listening oh, to the yeah. radio. And he's like, yeah, yeah motherfucker! Jimmy! Yeah, and so everything's working out great until they go to the bar. I fuck, this, they're, that's they're, my favorite They're scene. celebrating, but they're not celebrating. They've given Paul Cicero his share, yep. which was right to do. Uh, Kick it up. But he, the whole agreement was, we're not supposed to spend a fuck ton of money. Keep it hidden, keep, keep it quiet. It and here comes this fucking schmuck with his goddamn wife in a brand new fur coat. And a brand new fucking car. Yeah. Because it was first the dude that came in with the pink Cadillac and he starts going off on him. What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck's the matter with you? You're going to spend... I tell you not to spend the money. Now now you're going to make us all fucking hot. You're going to all fucking pinch. Are you stupid? Get, bring it back. <laughs> yeah, take it back. I, well, I can't take it. Take it back. I don't care what you do with it. Just take it back. Get it the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> and and I, love the, I love how they just take the coat off the woman and kick her out. <laughs> and he's cursing at her in Italian the whole time, too. Because even, like, he... At first, Jimmy was already annoyed mm-hmm. seeing the guy coming over with the car. So he tells him to leave. And then as soon as he leaves, fucking... Uh, who was it? Um, I forgot his name. I just totally forgot his name. The... Uh, Frankie Carbone, yeah. who's based on uh, a couple of different people, but he comes in with his wife with the fur coat, and he goes, yeah. oh, look at this. I got the one fucking idiot coming in with the car, and now I got you coming in with like this. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> You're killing me. You're fucking killing me. And <laughs> so they get all that kind of straightened away, and then it's, here comes Maury. And I love this scene because it... Iconic. It... It's Henry trying to calm Maury down. And it's just like, Henry, Henry, my, my boy. And he kind of gives him the tap on the face. You know, he's like, because he's his friend to a point. He's like, does Jimmy think I'm a fucking schmuck? Does he think he can just fuck me over like that? And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. He was strangling you in your own fucking shop. You know he doesn't have a problem with killing, <laughs> killing people. <laughs> he's and, done it before. And he's letting it go because Henry talks him down. But he's making a scene, which is the problem. And people hear it. Yeah. And then it's the outside into the car. And he's like, Maury, look, I want to make this right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, we're, we're going to go to the uh, we're gonna go to go the diner. Uh, the diner by the Rockways? No, we'll go to the one over at the boulevard. Yeah. Do they have a Danish there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get Dale a Danish while I'm there. And as soon as he sits down, he starts talking. And then... Yeah. And they got him. I thought he'd never shut the fuck up. (laughs) And that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. Because that's when the bodies start really dropping. Because at that point... Uh, Stax had actually... So one of the vehicles that was used during the heist, uh, Samuel Jackson's character, Stax, was was supposed supposed to to go drop it off and store it. And he ended up getting high, driving to his girlfriend's house with a hot fucking van or a hot truck. And cops saw it. They found out. They bailed him out. That's a fucked up thing. Yeah, they bailed him out. If like that's not the first time that's happened. That happened with the Murder Inc. guys too. They bailed one dude out, brought him to a hotel well, and that, everything. That happened to uh, uh, one of the daughters of a guy working for Whitey Bulger. No shit. She got so get this shit. So one of his associates, a close associate, was fucking his stepdaughter. 
his own stepdaughter. The guy was fucking his own stepdaughter. And got bailed out. And Whitey Bulger's in the car. Hey, sweetie, how was was it in there? You all right? She's like, oh, I didn't say anything, blah, 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 blah. Just reiterating that. And he's got real fucking pissed because he kept... It's like, why does she know anything at all? They took her back to the house. And Whitey Bulger made that dude watch as he killed that girl, that stepdaughter, in front of him. Jesus and made, Christ! And made him bury his own stepdaughter that he was fucking around with Fuck. because she knew too much. Later on, he gets killed, but like that's what happened. No, no, yeah, I mean, so like I didn't realize the whole, how... the whole bailout of anything. I knew um, he was depraved. I just never there was heard actually, that story. Uh, uh, there's an actual thing. Uh, a guy, uh, if you ever watched that show, I am a killer. Yes. Uh, one of those guys talk about, uh, do you deserve execution? He's like, oh yeah. Yeah, I deserve it. Um, but so do other people. And they're like, "Well, what? How do you mean?" He's like, "Well, if I was a, if I was the family, and some guy killed my kid, I'd, I'd bail him out of jail and do what needed to be done." And he's basically talking about premeditated murder yeah. on a scale. And it's like, yeah, the mafia already had that in hand. Yeah, they they had a bunch of people that could have bailed. They had people. Uh, Roy DeMeo is a great example of that. He had a uh, corrupt NYPD detective that he would get to talk about all the rats that the that was in the mm-hmm. NYPD. So he would track them down, take them out, tell his uh, capo about it, Nino. Like, they had a really big network in the yeah. 60s and 70s. 50s was the high time of the mob. But once... Henry's generation came in and shit started getting hot. That's when it started kind of yeah, trickling you ended up down. Having, having crimes like uh, racketeering. Rico ended up becoming a thing. Nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah, become much later, but like racketeering and also drugs. Yeah, um, drugs killed it. Drugs, drugs did kill them up. Yeah, cause, because uh, now you could get like twenty years for like an eight ball. Yeah, and it's even touched on in the movie too when they start selling cocaine. Yeah, because Paul did, Paul Servino's character didn't want to have nothing to do with Paul Cicero was kind of like, why are you getting involved with drugs, Henry? Yeah, it's not good. Because that's uh, that's leading forward, going from uh, going off of this part after Maury gets killed. You know, Henry goes over, um, talks with his wife, and she's trying and she's accusing him of knowing something about what happened. Where it's like Henry doesn't fully know, but you can you get yeah. the gist that he knows a general idea of what happened to Maury. But then it's the conversation. He's like, you could go to jail, honey. No one goes to jail if they don't want to. <laughs> yeah, the fuck it, yeah. You know why Jimmy went to jail? Because his fucking wife was just giving him <laughs> shit. He wanted to get away from his fucking wife. And I'm just like... It was a Vinny, yeah. yeah, yeah. Vinny, Vinny got away because he wanted He to wanted to get away from his wife. He wanted to get away from Sherry. That's why. Yeah, that's why. You dumb bitch. And so the Latanza Heist ends up getting prosecuted. Henry's one of the fall guys. Uh, I believe Jimmy was another... Um, Joe Pesci was another. But it was like they didn't get a, n- a ton of evidence because yeah. a lot of the people ended up getting killed. So they ended up uh, getting let, set free later on. But he's in jail. He's in prison with Paul Sorvino and some upper guys. Which I found out was fucking accurate as shit. Like how mm. you see prison in that movie, how mm. they were, was exactly how it was for most mob guys back yeah, in the day. Yeah. And You'd have a full Sunday spread. Yeah, so... And that's another thing that I think Sopranos kind of ruins for you because you think Sunday dinner is a Sunday dinner. No, it's Sunday... Brunch, lunch, dinner, supper. It's an all day event. Yeah, it's an all day thing. So, like, when you see the terror in Adriana's eyes when he's like, hey, would you stay for dinner? And it's just like, no, I cannot leave an FBI agent in this house for six fucking hours. <laughs> that pressure, man. She, she, she would have had a heart attack and death. <laughs> well, it, it kills me because I'm thinking about, um, since you mentioned the FBI agent and the informant, I, hell, I, I can only imagine Hill having to go through all this and doing the testifying. Like, it was. 
You know, you hear about guys like a great story is uh, Joe the Animal Barboza. I don't know if you've ever heard of Joe Barboza, but he was one of the guys that took down um, uh, Raven Patri- uh, Patriarcha mm-hmm. from uh, Providence. He was one of the mob families up there that took over Boston. What'd you tell me about Providence? <laughs> he ended up, he was a, he went into witness protection. He predated, uh, or I think he was just a little bit after Henry Hill um, ratted out mm. and moved to San Francisco within like a year to five years. He was gunned down in a parking lot. Yeah. Somebody from uh, Boston had flew out there and took him out. Yeah, so uh, after the tons of heist and everything, after the jail time, and we get that whole, I cut the garlic so thin it melts in the pan. That's not how garlic works. But, like, <laughs> but uh, anyway, this guinea fest is going to be... So, so he's he got that back. Ellis Island language. Yeah, he, he's coming back. He's co- he comes back, and now we're getting into the cocaine yeah. uh, timeline. And this is where we get a little bit hectic, because he hadn't been fucking around with one girl but around that time. He had been cheating on his wife, Karen. Yeah, um, with Janice. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's where the fucking... <laughs> my wife loves that scene. Like, that's, like, one of her favorite scenes, because I even joked with her. I'm like, this would be you if I was doing some dumb shit like this. Yeah. <laughs> Just so, straight up. <laughs> so, uh, another... So, the three women we meet when he gets... When he starts hooking up with this guma is a woman called Eliana uh, Douglas, Rosie. She was one of the other girls. And then we get the other girl he was fucking around with... Um, Debbie Mazer, Sandy, the one who's like doing making the coke balls and everything. Where she starts actually doing it, and that's where they bust him with yeah. the scale yeah. and all that. But like, but Eliana Douglas is actually the woman that Robert Nero tries to kill in Cape Fear. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah, it's the same woman. And so, like, I, that's how I see some of these movies. And uh, so we're going, we're going into the fact that I love Karen going to the Hua's house. Hey, hey, landlord. You know you got a yes, whore? Mr. Landlord. <laughs> Over in three C, Janice R. Rossi is a whore. Whore. <laughs> I will let everybody know in this building. And she's, a and she's like, you and that woman's like hiding behind like a bar and like fucking like. She's like sitting on her couch and putting her face in her pillow. Like yeah, and then we get the scene with the gun to the face, and he just wake he's, up, Henry. Wake up, Henry, and she says, and I'm just like. Oh my god. I, this made me like I already liked Ray Liotta throughout this whole movie like as an actor, but that scene right there made me love him cuz his reaction seems so genuine like oh, he's I calm. Thought, I thought the gun was loaded, but the way he wakes up, you see the shock and the initial Oh fuck, that's a 38. Yeah, that's <laughs> my 38, bitch. I just beat the shit out of that guy across. It's still got the blood on it and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, I, I fixed it. I put it back together. But I couldn't get all that blood off. <laughs> And I hope it jams. Please, God, let it jam. And he's just calmer than a Hindu cow talking to Karen. Karen, put it down. <laughs> and then he, she's crying. She's she's got forty. Do you different, love her? Yeah, she's got forty different fucking emotions going through her goddamn. Understandably head. so. And Ray Liotta attacks. <laughs> and it's like gets the, and he's like in her guy. You stupid fucking bitch! I should fucking kill you. And it just, you think I? You think I don't put my fucking neck out on the streets? I gotta come home and have you try to fucking kill me? And that way she's like, ah, ah, I'm crazy. sorry. I'm sorry. And he just like walks Flash away. Flash to him fucking gambling. Like, yeah. oh my God, what a piece of shit. <laughs> like, Jesus, fuck. You get mad at your fucking wife for catching you fucking around on your wife. It, it's the concept of extortion. The ridiculousness of that can mm. apply here. Yeah. Hey, 
you you got to start paying us for protection. Oh my god, protection from who? Is there somebody in the neighborhood? Yeah, us. <laughs> when I watched The Departed, I'm just like that would have solved The Departed situation. I'm just some random fucking guy in there just killing those two guys. And- just beats the shit out of them to the point where it's like, all right, now they're probably going to send like four more guys down here. I can kill four guys. <laughs> this is an Irish neighborhood. They're stupid. They're outnumbered. Yeah, yeah. You think the you think that a I'll bunch of Mick- I'll send them back home with a shillelagh in the ass. <laughs> yeah, it's like you think a bunch uh, like somebody would be like, you think a bunch of mix living in one area are gonna let that go? Yeah, like hell no, dude. It's South Boston. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that scene had a like another benchmark of a scene. Oh yeah, right up there with she's prejudiced against the Texans. <laughs> that, that was like one of my favorite scenes because that's the scene where Spider gets shot in the foot. Yeah. So they go back. They go back to the. Uh, 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 to gambling, to sit around the table, just talking, and smoking copious amounts of cigarettes, filling yeah. the whole room. <laughs> and Spider talks back, and I love Robert and Jones. Oh, he did the phone. Fuck you. Not yet. Not yet. Not this one. Yeah, it was the um, next one. It was just... when he. This was when Joe Pesci was fucking. Had, Tommy D. Simone was high. Yeah. Apparently, he was on. He was either on cocaine or he was really fucking drunk and just crazy because that's mm-hmm. how he was. And this is when he's doing the fucking Oklahoma kid shit and mm-hmm. like shoots him in the foot. Yeah, because he tells him, "Dance, dance the fucking drink over here." <laughs> and part of me, when I was a kid watching that, I'm like, "How is this man not having a heart attack?" Because <laughs> yeah. I could just see the veins popping up in Joe Pesci's face. <laughs> so, if I remember correctly, after uh, after the gambling scene, we ended up in the bar late at night with Billy Bats. Uh, moving forward, yes, because uh, Spider gets whacked after he says, "Why don't you go fuck yourself?" Yeah. And they bury him, and then Billy Bats comes up because he gets released from prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem was, from what I read and studied from the videos I've watched, different YouTubers, podcasts, stuff mm-hmm. to look into in regards to this, was that Jimmy and I think a couple of other guys had split up his rackets while he was mm-hmm. away. Nobody had really reached out to him or anything like that. Now, he was a Gambino, and... Uh, Jimmy, um, oh my God, Henry and uh, Tommy were all in the Lucchese's. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, even though they're different families, it's business. They probably knew somebody who was in there willing to sell out and work with them. So that's another reason why he's very hostile and very condescending again towards Tommy. It's the same concept as Tommy and Spider. Yeah. It's business issues. It's, uh, you know, you took my fucking money. It would be like in an accounting firm. Hey, you took this account, which I had. I made it clear that I had it. You know, that was going to be my bread and butter for the next, like, six years. Yeah. And... I love all right. So the Billy Bats story is the is the crux of the whole thing. Oh yeah, that's that's the nail in the coffin. So Billy Bats is just standing there talking cash shit. It's his birthday. <laughs> it's his birthday. Hey, why don't you shine my fucking shoes? Why don't you go home and get your fucking, fucking shine box? box. You motherfucking mutt! And the, the the stomp scene. The well, they leave. All right, so. They leave, they come back, then stomp him to death. <laughs> yeah, because um, what happened was that he, Henry hung out there the entire fucking time with Jimmy. Jimmy was drunk when this happened, too. Yeah. Jimmy was drunk. That's why, again, why I love Robert De Niro. I love the acting that these guys are, because they portray it so well. Even, like, him missing when he's stepping. It's yeah. human error. You well, know, him, it's not perfect. Him with his tongue out, like... 
Yeah. And he's got this tongue sticking out. I'm just like, that's the goofiest fucking face. But it's genuine, though, because yeah. people be making goofy fucking watch the UFC. <laughs> oh, they get knocked the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with him? He died. He's dead. He's that dead. was one punch, dead. Yeah. Uh, but so they leave and come back in the movie, and, they, and then they kill Billy Bats. Yep. And this is a kind of a fucked up scene. So they go to bury him but they need stuff to do it so they go to Joe Pesci's mom's house who's Martin Scorsese's Lizzie's mom, mom. yeah <laughs> I thought that was the cutest such a, thing she's such a lovely lady she reminds me it's like my Aunt Mary she's yeah. exactly like how my Aunt Mary is mm-hmm. it, uh, little short Italian lady like she's probably the, she was probably the same height as my Aunt Mary my Aunt Mary is like 4'11 5 foot even she's uh, Amy's height <laughs> yeah. and like it's it's kind of funny because she was in like a lot of movies back in the day Yes. Yeah. So she's yeah. in movies like Main Streets and stuff like that. Yep. But I believe she's also in that De Niro film with uh, Jerry Lewis, The King of Comedy. Did you ever watch that movie? Where he's a comedian. Yes, she is. Yeah, she's in that too. Because she's also in Casino as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, she's working at uh, Artie Piscano's mm-hmm. little grocery store. She kind of reminds me of uh, Polly's mom. Oh, uh, uh, Nucci. Yeah. 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 Polly's mom. A little uh, bit. Yeah. yeah. She kind of does that. Yeah, honestly. They look almost exactly the same. Yeah, and I, I feel like David Chase was probably going for somebody similar to that character, yeah. too. And, like, under her, if you look at her you know, in her younger years, she kind of looks like the mom from God, uh, The Godfather, the the, the Don's wife. But uh, Really? Yeah, huh. if you look at a picture of her, she kind of looks like the Don's wife. That's crazy. Because at one point I thought, oh, shit, that's the Don's wife. But it's like the movies are made at the same time, like not, not that far apart. Yeah. Uh, she didn't age 20 years and age 50. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's a scene that caught me off guard when I first watched it, and it's Joe Pesci showing off her art. Um, he's like, hey, look, I like this picture. He's like, the dog's looking this way, the dog's looking this way. And, this and guy's then like, the guy's like, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? That's an actual art piece. And I didn't know that until you brought that up and told me yeah, that. Yeah, so I knew that was an actual art piece because I had an art book that showed masters of, uh, like, genuine masterpieces in art from America. And that's one of them. And was it a was it a paint by number you were saying? Yeah. So like, what she? You know, he yeah. He makes it up. He's like a paint by number thing, and that's what she has. But they made it look like that she drew, she did the painting herself. Like she did the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually a classic art piece. But it caught me off guard when I watched it. I'm just like, no. Uh, <laughs> like she did a paint by numbers, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but like, if Will Hunting was here, he'd yeah. tear that shit apart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I just love the whole scene where it's just like, sit down, have some food, Henry. You're looking thin. It's like three o'clock in the fucking morning, and yeah. she's making dinner for them. Yeah, yeah and it's just like a fucking manicotti or some and, shit. And you can't. The thing is, man, growing up with Sicilians, if they're doing that for you, can't turn it down. No, it's, it's considered well, an insult. In, like, in almost any culture, you can't really turn that down. No, if yeah, you're I at a even... fucking Irish guy's house and he's offering you some scotch, you fucking drink the goddamn <laughs> scotch. Well, no, it's kind of like uh, my my dad, um, he, my stepmother. He's uh, she's. Uh, Colombian. It's the same concept there. Food is a very big part of the culture. Yeah. You go into like you come to your family's house. Doesn't matter if we're first, second cousin, you know, yeah. well, or food, if you food, just married into the family. You're yeah. part of my well, family. Food, food is like the universal handshake. You know? Yeah, it's, it's a peace treaty. It's always that you, you can have good food and good times. But now blankets and guns, not so much. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after you do the Irish goodbye, <laughs> where'd he go? He's gone. He left. Mm. 
He didn't say bye? No, he didn't say it to us either. What an What's asshole. What's an Irish goodbye? It's like a Colombian siesta. You just disappear and go take a nap. <laughs> For real, though. <laughs> uh, doing both? You are not wrong. <laughs> yeah, he, ate, he ate all the good food. He ate it all, and he went to sleep. <laughs> you damn right. In his car. <laughs> Surprisingly, left it on in the garage. Yeah, he, I think he's done. <laughs> yeah, he's dead. What do you call that? We call that the Scottish goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> he wants Amazing Grace played by a bagpiper at his yeah, funeral. Yeah, yeah. Why are all these guys wearing dresses? But <laughs> you shut the fuck up. <laughs> they look ho- these women look awful. <laughs> I was like uh, my wife asking me. We were watching this uh, this cop show or this uh, cop documentary, and it was a police funeral, and they had uh, bagpipes playing there. And she's like, "Why?" <laughs> she started giggling. She's like, "Why the fuck do they have bagpipes?" Some like first cops in New York City were Irish. Yeah. It's part of the tradition. She's yeah. kind of one. Oh, I, well then. Yeah, it's confusing. Everybody yeah. gets confused. It's like meanwhile, this- meanwhile, there's a Puerto Rican cop, cop <laughs> yeah. who, who died. It is just like there's these bagpipes. Man, I can't believe Gomez died. Yeah, and I can't believe they brought a bagpiper too. Yeah. Wasn't he Puerto Rican? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't have room for a parade. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, chief, that's a little prejudice. Do I look like I fucking care? I got tenure. You see this? This means not welcome. And he just points at the New York logo. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> He's lucky he was a cop and not a victim. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's so fucked. Yeah. Oh my god. Alright, so now oh. this is the part of the movie where the soundtrack really starts kicking ass with fucking oh, Eric yeah. Clapton to fucking Yeah, this songs. is when uh, we get Layla because oh, such a Jimmy good starts pull. whacking everybody. Yeah, Because so, he gets tired of having to fucking cover everything up or try yeah. to tell them not to yeah. do something, so he kills his crew. He kills everyone. Yeah. And the song Layla is such a good song. Hundred percent, and like it plays great in a mafia movie because yeah. it's so Layla, and then it's the dun, 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 that whole dun. instrumental break, yeah. and it just is like let's lay, let's let's take it back a minute. And uh, I love how they have the most laid back music for the most morbid scenes, yeah. where it's like they're finding bodies all yeah. over the city. Yeah, and so like one of the favorite one is the band of the ice truck. Oh, Frankie Carbone, where he's and just like, I sent you a meme of that. It's just like, what is when you wake up and it's fucking cold outside? <laughs> it's fucking Frankie Carbone. There was, um, I forgot who it was, but it was one of the two guys they were based off of. They found him in a freezer, like inside the actual fucking meat processing plant. He wasn't yeah. even on a truck. It was like, blatant. they brought the fucking corpse in and hung it up. Yeah, just blatant. Another dude they found, similar to how they found Frenchie, but I think it was a. I think it was a recycling truck. No, no, no. It was a garbage barge they dumped him on, and then they noticed the bodies. They yeah. were like, wait, 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 hold on a minute. The fuck is this? Yeah, whoa. <laughs> Somebody took care of their problems. Yeah, and uh, so the whole, whole, the whole ship's going down. Uh, around this time, though, uh, the cocaine part is really picking up. Uh, he's now fucking around with that girl, Rosie, yep. who... who he's been doing coke with constantly. One of Janice's friends, funny enough. Yeah, and... Uh, what I love about this is she has this machine that turns the cocaine into a ball. A perf- it's a press. But it, it, she presses it down and it's a giant cocaine ball. <laughs> and I'm just it looks like, like a fucking jawbreaker. Yeah, it looks, it looks like, a, like a cue ball. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck are they making? And I'm like, there's no way that's fucking real. Like a giant cut ball of cocaine. And they're just pressing it down. They're cutting it like a motherfucker, but they're pressing yeah. it down. And I like... Because let's, let's go ahead and get toward the end uh, where Joe Pesci, so Ray Liotta and Robert De Niro are at the diner. 
and they're so proud because they hear that Joe Pesci's going to make his... Yeah, he's getting made. He's getting get his button. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out he was getting his button punched. So, yeah, yeah. You, you, you punched out, motherfucker. Yeah, and he's all happy. He's getting dressed. He's Gets with his ma. And, like, she's happy for him, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes to the random house out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Take him inside. And nobody's oh, in there. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> and the fucked up thing is Tootie's the one that did it. Yeah. Well, he's a made guy. Yep. And if you're a made guy and you hear about other made guys like you getting clapped by some motherfucker who isn't, you're like... Yeah. Well, and also, too, fun fact, uh, Billy Batts was a prodigy of John Gotti. Yeah. So the reason why Paul Cicero was like, hey, they, they, they're making a whole big stink, like the, the whole the Billy Batts, that guy, they've been up my ass about it. Yeah. Because John Gotti, you know, I'm sure you know this, wasn't exactly the most quiet individual no. when it came to being upset. Yeah. So, in other words, everybody probably in his crew across the board was like, shh. Can we do something to shut this fucking guy up? Because he's no. just going to keep going and going and going. <laughs> he's going to outbid me on my ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> you don't buy me out. I buy you out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that that whole thing, that's why a lot of people speculate. Because there's a million different things mm-hmm. of what happened. Same with Jimmy Hoffa. The same thing with Tommy D. Simone. Uh, they think Gotti did it. They think somebody else did it. Either way it goes, his body disappeared. Now, they years ago, I'd say about 2012, anywhere from 2012 to 2016, there were body parts being found in Robert's Lounge, the yeah. same building that Billy Batts was killed in. Well, Robert's Lounge turns out, uh, when they go in there, into the basement, they find remains of different corpses, yeah. one of which uh, included Spider. Yeah. Um, Parts of which they believe at DNA is very similar to Billy Bats, so or not Billy Bats, um, fucking Joe Pesci, Tommy D. Simone's character. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of fucked up to think about it this way. But it was like while Robert De Niro was killing all these guys throughout the throughout the movie, like outside to clip his crew, Tommy got clipped. He got upset, but he was also the one that disposed of the body parts, disposed of the remains. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you could be bitter and upset, but. As Ray Liotta put it, it's like it's among the, the Italians. There's nothing we could do. We just yeah. have to sit there and take it. But it's like one thing to take it, but it's another thing to make that dude's friend like mm. go, hey, you brought him into this and we took him out, so uh, we need you to take the rest of him out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh, if I do remember correctly, they had to move a body. Uh, Billy, because yeah. they were building a fucking uh, condos. Yeah, they're building condos. we got to move the body. And it was like that. What? It's been up there for three fucking months. Yeah, and they, him and Jimmy go out there and get it. Or is it him and... It's him, Tommy, and... Because uh, right before Tommy gets killed. It's a little bit before yeah. he gets killed. It's him, Tommy, and uh, 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 Henry. Yeah, and they go out there and it just... And they got Henry's car. And it just fucking reeks. And he's out there fucking washing it out. Just fucking oh throwing my bleach. god, what is this thing? I, I hit a skunk, skunk Karen, skunk. all right? Get back the fuck up, bitch. The inside of that Buick is just done. There's no... You're not getting that smell out, <laughs> ever. No, no, that's death. Yeah, that, that's that's stuck. That's seeped in. Yeah, <laughs> that's in the cushions. <laughs> that's in the fucking fabric of the car. <laughs> and so, like, going into the next part of it, we get the downfall of Henry Hill. After the death of Joe Pesci's character, it is the downfall of Henry Hill. Because then he really starts getting into cocaine, and then he yeah. starts smuggling and, well, trafficking. Yeah. And starts using his babysitter. Mm-hmm. So while he's over fucking around with 
the girl that's uh, making the Rosie who's making the cocaine balls and has this whole processing plant goes back to the house because he's having a whole family get together. Yeah, and he's trying to cook. He, he's doing three things at once. Yeah, he he's basically the. Honestly, in a fucking weird way, it reminded me of my mother. Because yeah. this is some shit my mother would do. She'd have like five other things going on on the other side of town. But she'd still come back to do the four other things she had originally planned for the fucking yeah. day. And I'm like... Delegate. <laughs> yeah, delegate. But Jesus Christ, talk about spreading yourself yeah. thin. But, uh, so he goes against... The, he's getting his brother from the airport. He's in a wheelchair. He's always been in a wheelchair. Yep. And he gets him in, gets him in the car. And he's doing the whole like looking for helicopters. And like he thinks see, there's a fucking helicopter again. You see that? And he's like, huh? What is it? What are you talking about? What are you, yeah. yeah, I think you're fucking paranoid, man. You need to relax. I get my brother to the house. I get the fucking stew cooking. I got the fucking meats cooking. I do all this. Now, Michael, I, I need you to make sure to stir this every 30 minutes. Do you understand me? It cannot sit. And then his babysitter's giving him shit. And he's just like, bitch, I should fucking kill you. She's like, <laughs> like, I remember like she gets in his face. She's like, hey, I never got paid. He's like, shut the fuck up. When he's on the phone with her, and it's fucking hysterical because I use this, I use this line in my life uh, at least one time because of, mm-hmm. it was a similar situation where it was a whole bunch of bullshit happened. I was on the phone with I think it was one of it was either a girl I was seeing or it was like a friend of mine at the time, and. She's telling, I'm telling her that I need her to get something done, need this, that, and the other. And she's being like how his babysitter was going, yeah, yeah, whatever. No, not yeah, yeah. I need you to make sure it gets done because otherwise I have to fucking come do it and I don't have the time. Yeah. And as soon as she hangs up, he's like, Jesus fucking Christ, every goddamn woman <laughs> in my life always causing me some shit. He's ruining my fucking life. Yeah. Every, it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, every woman in my life is giving me grief. Yeah. I gotta go. And so we get, we kind of get down to the, like, the nitty gritty of it. Uh, He's he goes back he goes back to Rosie's he gets everything fined up as soon as he gets back home it's a fucking raid yep and that's when and, and that's when everyone starts panicking especially Karen because he uh, he got into his car and that's where you hear the dude go freeze don't you move motherfucker I'll blow your head right off. Yeah, and like I and, knew right then they weren't gangsters yeah. and they were cops because if they were gangsters, he wouldn't know. have said anything. Yeah, <laughs> and Karen is fucking freaking out and starts flushing shit down the goddamn toilet. Yep, and I'm just I love Henry. What did you do that? Why did you do that? <laughs> you told her. Yeah, this is like that was our future because <laughs> like that's where he uh, what turns I thought the cool thing was all those guys you see in the police station are real Nassau County police yeah. guys like even the guy who uh, put a gun to his head is a real Nassau County narcotics cop of like 25 plus years yeah. so it's it's kind of surreal because I grew up there so it's it's cool seeing people from but the area because he had been in prison multiple times up to this point especially with the drug charge yeah you see the difference in his uniform too and how he acts while he's in prison he's fucking rough looking he's in orange and everything too you can tell it's maximum security yeah yeah. Uh, it's the end of Henry Hill he turns state's evidence because that's all that's his last option because he can get as he said I can get killed just as easily if not easier in here than out there yeah and that's the end. We get the whole scene of the the panoramic shot of the neighborhood, zooming in, and it's Henry in a fucking robe and slippers. I have to the, live the rest of my life as a schnook. Yeah. You, you order the thing is around here. You order, I ordered uh, spaghetti and meatballs or spaghetti with marinara sauce. They gave me egg noodles and ketchup. <laughs> 
Good. That's <laughs> <laughs> what. That's more than you deserve, you piece of shit. <laughs> Think about it. The, like the thing is that always got me was that the reason why he kind of got a really good deal is because he was one of the first guys to flip. Yeah. He's one of the original people to flip. Any of the early guys that flipped, you know, Michael Francis, Phil Leonetti, yeah. Sal Polisi, uh, Sammy Gravano, yeah. um, guys like that, like, uh, it, when they flipped and they were kind of involved in a lot of shit, they were a valuable asset because in that lifestyle, up until that point, not a lot of guys flipped that lived, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, yeah, and so, like, this is the kind of the beginning steps of the downfall of certain families within the mafia. Yeah. Because this was, um, Lucchese's got it pretty bad, but the worst one was still the Bananos with Donnie Brasco. Yeah. That got the Bananos kicked off of the whole commission they and had. And that'd be another good film to cover. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. But yeah, The Goodfellas, fucking, for me, nine out of ten every time. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah. Always a good watch. Always. Even just to listen to the soundtrack by itself. The soundtrack's good. Uh, see, what I love, too, is, like, there's, there's so much substance to the movie that it's like, you could take it at face value, it's a good movie. You could read deeper, it's a good movie. You know, it's one of those films where it's good all the way around yeah well folks that's our review of goodfellas uh we will be go- continuing on with other movies like this ilk um and i'm still trying to think of that movie <laughs> yeah i i, I think gangster it- squad gangsters oh shit yeah i forgot about gangster squad that's yeah. right yeah uh so yeah so we'll be uh, covered up by more movies coming up our godfather listen to that with me and cap uh, godfather part two possibly with me and quinn uh and we'll keep it bringing it to you yeah uh, this has been Chris and Quinn with the Couch Potatoes Retrospective. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll get you back again. Later.